Ditto. I can hear you now, though. It was me. It was my fault. Oh, wait, wait, wait. No, I can hear you. I can hear you. I can hear you. Hold on. Hold on. Uh, okay, try it now. Yeah, you're, you're good now. It was my fault. Uh, I, didn't oh. join, I didn't join the audio. I, I keep forgetting I have to do that when I come in the room. Stupid. <laughs> I don't know why it doesn't just do it automatically. I think I'm losing my mind. Because I kept seeing <laughs> you're moving, and I remember yesterday you were having audio issues, so I thought it was the same thing as yesterday. <laughs> Either way, we're good now. Oh, God. Oh, God. Okay. 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 Let me just um, position myself here. All right. Uh, Let me put on my uh, Seth Rollins glove here. Your Seth Rollins (laughs) glove? My Seth Rollins glove. Okay. No, you've seen him lately. He's been doing like the one hand glove thing. Uh, Has he? I don't know. I, I've just been I actually haven't been watching. I've just been keeping up through website information. Oh yeah, no, he, he's been doing that since he went with the uh, Messiah uh Monday Night Messiah sort of thing. So he's got this whole look where he's like bare chested, hairy chest, but bare chested with like this furry jacket like popping out on the collar and like a single black glove on the hand. I don't know if it's the left or the right, but this was the only one I could find. Okay. I know oh, if it look. works, it works. It, it's a look, man. It's a scene, but it's just, it's weird considering he's got like this, you know, CrossFit Jesus sort of mentality the entire time. And now he's just finally embracing it. And yet he's doing it with a costume that doesn't really say Jesus. You know, I was <laughs> expecting like a, something a little bit more pious instead of like, you know, dirtbag biker. All right, let me let me give the intro real fast because it sounds like we're going to jump right into things. And actually, I, I just saw a new topic I want to throw in as well. Uh, all, right. all right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you and welcome back to the JT and Big O podcast. I'm Video Geek JT, known as JT McGuire as well. And joining me is the one, the only, Ryan Big O'Regan. That's so, good. You actually shortened it this time because yeah. I want to make sure you don't uh, mess up your lungs or anything in this day and age. So, yeah, I, I think I'm. I think I'm gonna uh, take care of my health a little bit more when it comes to doing that. I appreciate uh, that. Thank you. So uh, this week's episode, obviously, well, I should point out we haven't done a, a taping in two weeks. Uh, one half of it was just because I needed the break to get some stuff done, which Ryan was gracious enough to give me, and the other one was because, well. Uh, for anyone who's lived in the world recently, uh, things have changed a little bit. And uh, it, it's until uh, maybe the last few days, we haven't really been able to get together. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those situations where you try to find like the best of both worlds, how we can keep ourselves safe and yet still keep things going. I've done the best I can just putting out like little videos and little clips here and there in order to keep uh, fans interested. But no, nothing beats the full show. No, nothing beats, you know, the actual banter between us. So I'm glad that, uh, thankfully, we've got Zoom, which apparently everyone else seems to be using Zoom, uh, going ahead and giving us the facilities in order to do today's episode. 
Which, by the way, uh, I think we were talking about like how we were going to do this, and yeah, Zoom, Zoom is actually working out pretty well, and including the fact that it's doing all the editing work for me right now too, because it's <laughs> when I talk, it goes to me; when you talk, it goes to you. But uh, what like I, a built-in assistant. Yes, but we were originally looking at Streamyard, and you pointed out to me, and then immediately after that, I saw the guys over at Shared Universe using it. I'm like, oh, I guess this is the way to go. And then the next day, you were telling me about Zoom. And then I saw them go to Zoom, so it looks like people got over StreamYard very quickly. Well, I think the thing with StreamYard is like, StreamYard is one of those things where if you want to get like a whole bunch of people together, but, uh, you know, really just be in charge of everything yourself, uh, I think that's why StreamYard usually gets a little bit more utilized. Plus, I don't think the programming is as smooth with the camera work. Somehow, Zoom is like studio efficient. I don't know why it's so much different. And yet, if you go into all the settings and everything, there's like stuff in there I can't even imagine using. But I know it's like for you, it's all your stuff, all the stuff that you can manage. <laughs> so that's why I'm thinking, yeah, but if just for the two of us, it makes more sense to go this way. Yeah, and uh, and like I said, it, it's cutting the video for me. So that's that's my favorite part. It's save anything that saves me time. I love. So uh, today's episode, we were discussing this. I don't think we want to do a full uh, COVID-19 episode because I think more people want to get that off their mind more than anything else. Right. But I mean, obviously, we we know it's affecting everything, but it's one of those things where we have to look beyond what's going on virus-wise and just see how things are still able to be managed. Still, There's still some entertainment in the world because we are entertainment people. Right. And you know what? Talking about entertainment, like, I think you were a little right and I was a little right on the last episode when we were talking about WrestleMania. Because you were <laughs> like, you couldn't see them continuing that show as it is. And I was like, well, Vince McMahon's greedy and he's going to do the show no matter what. Well, they're not continuing the show as it is, but they're still doing the show. Yeah, it's a strange amalgamation of two ideas here where it's just, we, we we figured either at the worst, either he'd go ahead and go full blown, try to get the audience there and everyone getting like, you know, specialty WrestleMania face masks or something, <laughs> who knows, or he would just going to completely cut it down. And now my theory was, you know, just push it back, maybe make it something more like a WrestleMania SummerSlam conglomerated sort of event. But no, instead we have this weird Frankenstein monster of a two-day, no audience from the performance center and various locations event, which seems completely weird and awful and yet funny. And I don't know how to accept this. I don't. I I don't know if you could really do it. It, it looks like... I, I'll admit, I don't really watch WWE programming anymore uh, other than like, oh. things here and there. But uh, from the few things I saw, it looks like they're tr- because they have no audience, they're trying to go to a semi-Lucha Underground style, which I mean more film movie produced. Has, has that been a case? I saw that at least with Elijah, uh, or, uh, Elias, when they threw him off a, bi- uh, a oh, this, balcony. This past Friday, yes, uh, yeah. with uh, King Corbin. Um, I mean, it should be mentioned that pretty much anything you see WWE-wise from here on out is going to be pre-recorded, whether it be SmackDown, Raw, NXT, and especially the matches that are going to be going on for WrestleMania. Most of those have already been handled. So whatever you see on that Friday, that Saturday and Sunday is not going to be live. 
which is probably the best thing, considering I think Florida's closed down a lot of the establishments that they were going to use in the first place. Well, I think that's why they ended up taping a lot of the stuff. Well, not even specifically closing down the other stuff that they were going to use, but specifically they were shut the county in which the performing arts are performing arts center the performance center is in is uh is actually getting shut down so they weren't going to be allowed to tape anything past i believe thursday anyway so they were right. in a mad rush to tape all this programming because they're not going to be allowed to do anymore for probably quite a bit of time which in a good place you know there's no spoilers because god forbid if anything leaks you know who did it it was somebody <laughs> And that person's definitely going to be fired. But um, it's one of those things where, yeah, there's going to be a little bit more panache to maybe some of the matches in regards to maybe there's some cinematic elements. Maybe there's some editing to it where it gives it a little bit of a faster feel. You know, I, I know at least a few of the matches are, have already been uh, set up as such because you have John Cena versus The Fiend Bray Wyatt um, doing a Firefly Flunhouse match which I guess is probably going to be set somewhere on the Firefly Funhouse. And then you've got something like AJ Styles and The Undertaker, which are going to be in a Boneyard match, which I still am not sure what that means. I don't know if that means like necessarily a Buried Alive match, or maybe it's taking place in like a card junkyard or something. Maybe we get Biker Taker with some chains or something. I'm not sure what's going on. And that's the, that's the beautifully wonderful weirdness of it. It's there's so much speculation that you can only assume what matches will transpire, how they'll transpire, what's going to go on, what the look of it is. Visually, this is going to be ridiculous. But oh, yeah. as far as as far as like you know, drinking and watching, it's going to give you something to watch that weekend, if nothing else. So this way, you can stop with the streaming, you can stop with the movies, the DVDs, all that stuff. You can stop talking to your family for a few hours. It's all going to be something that you can actually look at and be visually surprised. And I think that's the only thing that's appealing me to go see it because honestly, I don't want to see a WrestleMania with no crowd. Uh, I, I think the audience in wrestling really makes up the show a lot of the time, but you know, yeah, just to see how WWE tries to pull this off over a two, by the way, it's a two day period. It's going to be Saturday and Sunday. Uh, yes, as of right now, I've got like 14 matches listed here. Uh, so I imagine it's probably going to be one of those things where it's like seven one night, seven the other night. I, they may go up to 16, but as of right now, only 14 matches have been officially listed. But, you know, I'm, uh, I'm one of those people who, like, I, WrestleMania to me was more of a get, I don't think anyone else does this, so maybe no one else can relate, but this, this event to me was sort of a holiday among me and my friends. Uh, one of my best friends, he... Uh, hosts a barbecue every year and we all hang out with him enjoy food enjoy company and then watch the pay-per-view that night so it because of uh, COVID-19 we're obviously not going to be doing that and I don't know it just doesn't feel as special to me but but that's just me no, I get it I mean usually when it came to Wrestlemania that was a time for me to either go to a, a house party or the Hooters or to any particular wings place, watch it with a bunch of people. We all get like a, a big old tub of beer and we all share it, something like that. Or maybe someone throws a party and we all order out. We all like, you know, use our WrestleMania or official WWE glasses and drink out of them, that sort of thing. There, <clears throat> excuse me. Cause, oh no, you know, he's coming down with the COVID. Don't, 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 don't even kid. Do not even kid. But 
yes, WrestleMania is a social event. It would be the same as if it was the World Series. It would be the same as if it was, you know, uh, you know, any kind of big sporting event. What's Super Bowl? Yeah, that's what I was going for. Super Bowl. Yeah. We even got Rob Gronkowski. That's how much of a Super Bowl this event is, because he's supposedly hosting the event. I don't know how the hell he's hosting the event now. <laughs> well, he was there, so I'm assuming that uh, they had some pre-tapes with them doing stuff, probably with Mojo Rawley or whatever. Uh, yeah, which, by the way, when did Mojo change? Before he was all angsty with the face paint, and now he's back to you ain't hype, you ain't hype. Like, because in WWE's mind, uh, that didn't work, so it never happened. I don't know. I just continuity is killed. Did they? They they killed continuity years ago. <laughs> true, true. Um, I know. I know some people recently with the recent AEW uh, impact. I was about to say AEW impact. This shows where my mind is with AEW these days. Well, I mean, uh, they do have Broken Matt Hardy now, so I yeah. mean, close enough. Specifically in regards to Broken Matt Hardy, uh, he did his uh, his uh, confrontation with Chris Jericho, and did uh, this really cheesy looking teleport across the arena that you could tell was like just really bad cuts because you could even see Chris Jericho's because Chris Jericho's like in the middle of this in the ring and you could see his head move on every cut where uh, Matt Hardy trans uh, teleports. But, you know, it's like everyone was complaining about that, about how cheesy that was recently. I'm just thinking WWE, they're the ones who had a leprechaun who could paint a black hole on the wall and then run through it. And then Carlito tried to follow and smashed his head into the wall. Yes, but that was years ago when such a thing was acceptable. No, no not really. Was I that mean. ever acceptable? No, it wasn't. It was never acceptable. That was just terrible. But... Um, no, at least AEW is kind of like leaning into the curve here where it's like they're having their fun. You know, they they know the situation. They know what goofball stuff they can and can't do. And well, I, I don't think they do. I think they do go a little too off on the goofball stuff. I I do appreciate them, and I do like their fun-loving spirit. But, you know, when it comes to a supernatural character, I, I kind of like where they did late 90s Undertaker where – you, you didn't really know, like, was it actually supernatural or was he just tricking everyone? I, I think there's a fine line when you have a supernatural character. You have to kind of, like, blur the lines a bit. And when you have really cheesy cuts like that, it's like, no, you, you just kicked the wall down. You, you, you tore down the wall like it was the Berlin Wall. It's, it's well, I just mean, not he was with Jericho, and Jericho <laughs> is known for breaking down walls. So, I mean. This is true. This is very true. <laughs> I mean, it, it fits. All right, let for for what it is, it fits, and you know, obviously, people could take a lesson. Well, WWE could probably take a lesson from AEW and maybe not be so uh, stringent on some of their things. I saw someone mentioning that, regardless of whatever they're doing with the matches, the way they've been reacting in the shows, it's exactly like as if there was an audience there. They're still, you know, doing their little pomp and circumstance down the ring. They're still talking about all the fans and then they'll shoot to the fans and there's nobody in the seats. I'm like, Oh Jesus. Just, just change the dialogue. <laughs> change change the conversation a little. My God. I being, when it comes to WWE, I just I I just don't know what to say anymore. I don't really like they they finally killed it for me. Like uh I was a hardcore wrestling fan that even when they started to get cheesy in the early 2000s, I stuck it out with them and I'd watch every program. I'm at the point where I just, I can't, I can't be bothered. Even if I have the time to watch Raw or SmackDown, I can't really be bothered to turn it on. It just, it, 
it's there's no appeal there anymore anymore so, for me. So then here's the big question. After this, are you going to watch WrestleMania? Out of curiosity, I'm gonna watch it. But is am I like am I excited to see this? Am I dying to see it? No, no, not at all. Yeah, no, it, it's been a bit of a clusterfuck, and obviously, if it does do well in some aspect, fine. Oh God, I hope not. I mean, I don't even know how you'd be able to measure that. I mean, do you measure it in uh, ESPN plus views or whatever clicks the YouTube links get or whatever? I don't even know how you quantify. So, okay, so you, you're a better reporter than me. I haven't really been keeping up with this. So I thought it was still going to be on the WWE Network. You're saying ESPN. So is ESPN going to be airing this? I think last I checked, Vince was trying to work out something in order for there to be some views on ESPN Plus, kind of like in the same way that UFC goes ahead and showcases their big events, where if you have an ESPN Plus account, fine, and then you can go ahead and purchase the event. Uh, it may be a one price for two nights sort of thing, so this way you're not price gouging, but it's one of those things where he has been very hardcore about trying to make up the revenue of there not being any audience by expanding the possibility of an audience through pay-per-view buys. Now, whether or not that's been actually inked, we probably won't know until sometime middle of next week because obviously if they do sign up, they'll have to start promoting it in order for people to be like, oh, okay, well, here's something to purchase. Uh, so I'm hoping by Wednesday there is a clear-cut answer because if they're only relying on the network, oh, yeah, that is – that's, That's not money. They, they've yeah. already lost $2 billion in revenue since the beginning of 2020. So they Ooh. need to find ways to make up money and stop relying on these television deals that they have. $2 but, billion? Dollars? They've lost $2 billion. Isn't that, the, oh, yeah. like the, isn't that that amount of money they got recently that's been saving them and keeping all those wrestlers on their payroll? Well, obviously, the television deals and stuff with Fox and everything, that's really been what they've been relying on. But yeah, though the way the stock market has gone and the way the overall product has gone since the beginning of the year, they have lost $2 billion in revenue. They've, they, they have, they are that much more poor. They still got money. Don't think they don't have money. They've got they, the money. They got money, but, but it's $2 billion. It's still $2 billion. Especially yeah, that, that's Vince McMahon's net Fox, worth is $2 billion. If you're Fox sports and you're seeing that, and you're seeing a product that you just aligned yourself with late last year, and they've sunk that much, that is a red flag. If I was Fox, I would definitely look into uh, a renegotiation at this point. Because now, with WWE going down, and there's no guarantee that they're going to even be able to make that up by the time you know, the new year comes around. Fox Sports could possibly be suffering, just like many other businesses nowadays, but certainly on the shoulders of their newest acquisition. Well, in addition to that, you know, I'm just thinking about this because in the time we live in, uh, besides obviously that we're all kind of being quarantined, I, I have this fear that once we are all going back to work, uh, we're going to start seeing some job losses in every section of the, eco uh, the economy. But, you know, WWE the last few years has been really relying on that extra surplus of money they've gotten from both NBC and Fox. And, oh, Saudi and, and, and Saudi Arabia. So now I'm kind of thinking about it and going like, well, you know, they've been hiring people that they can't really afford to have. Or do you think they're finally going to start like letting uh, go a lot of their staff, uh, wrestlers, as well as other 
members throughout the organization? I mean, if they're going to do it, they got to do it now because really the entire landscape of wrestling is suffering. Uh, the Lord knows there have been a lot of independent shows and a lot of shows like Ring of Honor and, you know, New Japan, other organizations that have also been suffering because, you know, it's based upon doing live events with people around. And if you can't do that, then, yeah, everyone's going to have to cut back a little bit. I think the only reason they were holding on as much as they were was to ensure that the uh, competition never got their hands on these kinds of assets and tried to, you know, balance the scales about what WWE could offer and what they could offer. Now, even if you go ahead and release people, there's no guarantee that they're going to get picked up anywhere simply because everybody's suffering. That's, I think for AEW alone, it's bad enough that they went ahead and they got Brody Lee, they got um, uh, they got Matt Hardy, they got um, uh, who's the one that's with uh, Jake the Snake Roberts right now? Um, oh, Lance uh, Archer. Lance Archer. So that's already like three big acquisitions that they've done just in the past month. I don't see them acquisiting anybody else for the foreseeable future because they just can't put on shows now and God forbid you hide more talent. Well, AEW is a a different beast than uh, WWE one. They don't do house shows. The only shows they actually do are the, uh, the dynamite tapings as well as the pay-per-views. So, and they're still doing those dynamite tapings. So they're not really hurting too much. Oh yeah. Uh, No, as far as I'm heard, they've been taped all the way up to like, you know, end of April or May or even like they've got episodes in the can. And, and I do like AEW, but let's be honest, uh, their attendance records have been going down anyway. And uh, from at least from what Tony Khan said, it doesn't seem to be hurting them that much. And oh, not yeah, to mention, no, rating-wise, they're definitely doing good in the ratings, at least. Better they're than doing good rating-wise, and TNT has also just signed them for, I think, I believe another four years. So they're good for four years with TNT. Right. But, of course, if you've got that much going on, You've got to make sure that you keep the record up in order to maintain that because uh, they could always go ahead and pull that away if they wanted to. They, they could, but I, think, I don't think they're going to. And not to mention, I think, uh, depending on who gets released, again, we don't know if anyone's going to get fired. I know, uh, yeah, well, revivals, are, they've been on their way out for a long, long time now. I, I know, think- I know. <laughs> I feel so bad for them. Yeah, Uh-oh. apparently they're not even getting paid anymore. Apparently they breached their downside guarantee, so they're just sitting home getting paid nothing. And that's their contract. Well, they're, they're... They've signed for unemployment, much like all of us. Yes. <laughs> ay, 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 ay. Speaking of people right. getting other jobs, I do want to bring this up. Did you hear about uh, Big Show and his new TV show on Netflix? Yes, the Big Big Show. Yes. Which I'll, I'll... Uh, looks... In the vein of like Fuller House, by the way, it's uh, landscaped. Uh, very much so. It, it looks like an, a very cheesy '80s, early '90s sitcom. But uh, I, I actually I didn't really know about this until like literally five minutes before we started recording. I just I was actually as we were uh, doing the testing, I was watching the trailer for it. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't think this is going to do good, but it's. It it looks kind of interesting. I, I kind of feel good. I feel happy for him on that. <laughs> well, I know I mean, sad. As far as WWE talent transitioning over to other media, yeah, he's not The Rock. That's obvious. He's not even John Cena. But he's probably better than Triple H. I would give him that. Um, he I makes remember a the good Jim Belushi. 
Yes, yeah. I, re- I remember the one movie he did. Uh, what was it? Knucklehead. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was delightfully enjoyable in that. It, it, it kind of like had like a Farrelly Brothers sort of feel to it, but it didn't go all the way. If they had gone further, I think it would have really been enjoyable. But as far as Big Show just being a personality, I mean, he's got that. He's one of those like literally larger than life personalities that you can go ahead and you can just watch the spectacle of it regardless of what's going on. Now, I'm not saying it's going to be deep writing. Obviously, it's not. But it's certainly going to be something that's enjoyable for families. And certainly Netflix is a a branch that has family-friendly content that's mostly been bought up with, you know, Fuller House, uh, One Day at a Time, a bunch of DreamWorks animated projects. So it's nice to see something else being added to where it's not just altered carbon and uh, stand-up specials. And really, I don't mind Big Show as a character. I mean, I think whenever he's done his thing, he's done it as good as he can, even if it's, you know, the constant heel turning, which I'm going to love <laughs> to see when the heel turn happens in the show. No, this is going to be one day he's going to flip out <laughs> on his daughters and his wife and be like, Rrr! and just like, like choke slamming them to the wall and be like, a very special episode of The Big Big Show. <laughs> you, you think that might just be every episode? Like, uh, episode one, he's a good guy. Episode two, he's a bad guy. Oh, just like switching and, back and off. Yeah, <laughs> yeah every like, episode, he's, he's, he, his alignment changes every episode. <laughs> and, then on the, and then on the season finale, he'll have, like, a literal devil and angel, and that'll just be the whole episode. It's like, which way does he turn next season? Who <laughs> did to find out? I... I you know what I I don't know if I'm gonna actually watch this. I think if it wasn't like the family show, I think if it was maybe more based around wrestling, I think I would have been more into it. I, well, I, I mean, it showcases who he is. There's no qualms about it's the big show from the WWE. He is a wrestler. They've had they've shown scenes in the trailer about like him in the wrestling ring and everything. They've got Urkel working with him. Yeah, I saw that. I saw that. It's like what hey, the. F- we couldn't get Jaleel White as a cameo in the Sonic the Hedgehog movie, but he's working with the big show on Netflix. Well, very like, obviously, he was booked up. He he couldn't uh, commit to the schedule. Oh, I, I want to look at his resume and be like, did you do that? I mean, my God. <laughs> oh, what is the world coming to? Well, it's a big show. Did I do that? I don't know. <laughs> oh, that, oh, I'm going to love to see what the theme song for this thing actually is. If, it, if they use his theme for the actual theme of the TV show, okay, fine. I'm watching the first episode. If they come up with some cheesy, organic sort of thing, then I'm like, oh, God, come on. You have it right there. Work with it. What I want them to do is what they did for the Osbournes back in the early 2000s. where they, You remember they took Crazy Train and they just kind of did acapella? Yes, yes, that, yes. I, that, that's why it works perfect. That They can yeah. do something with like, you know, well, and then get like, you know, just something to work with it. And it's going to be interesting to see, because obviously there is some sort of like, there's going to be probably some connection with WWE. It's going to be interesting to see if there's any cameos that come up. I'm sure there will be. Well, I mean, look at Fuller House. Fuller House, they probably brought back everybody from the original show, from, you know, Jesse and Danny to even the kids that, uh, Michelle used to be friends with. I'm like, this just brought everyone back except Michelle. Everyone needed a paycheck. Yeah, well, that's the thing. Everyone needed a paycheck except the two people that probably didn't need the paycheck. But they're like billionaires or something. So <laughs> I guess they, 
they they're in fashion. They don't care about acting anymore. I still I still say they should have tried to get uh, Elizabeth Olsen to try to like at least pretend to be her sisters. That that would definitely be clever, and certainly I'm sure there's some probably going to be some sort of uh, connection about like you know oh I've got this one of the twins and his sister. There's some enough jokes you could make if you actually brought her in, but. Uh, it is what it is. I mean, she's busy being Scarlet Witch. She's she's got a robotic husband. You know, she's got <laughs> other things to worry about. Which what when's that show premiere? Uh, huh. at this point, I'm not sure if it's going to premiere later on this year or early next year. I forget exactly if it's uh pre or post Eternals. Uh, all I know is that Falcon and the Winter Soldier was supposed to be coming out earlier than that. And even that's getting pushed back. So I don't know if the whole timeline of things is really screwed up now because of everything being pushed off. It's going to be interesting to see how they handle it. Oh man, I'm so bad with names. Uh, who's the actor who plays uh, who plays Falcon again? Anthony Mackie. Anthony Mackie. Is it me or is he all over the place right now? Because not only is he in the Netflix show Alter Carbon this season, and he's going to be in uh, Falcon the Winter Soldier. I think I saw him in an advertisement for either a Hulu or an Apple Plus uh, TV show. So he, he's just he's going across the entire streaming uh, landscape right now. I don't know if it's a TV show. I think it's a movie. But mm-hmm. I know what the one you're talking about, where it's like he and... Oh, uh, the banker. People. The banker, it. yes. Yeah. Yeah, I, no, I mean, right now, he's the new Captain America, for lack of a better term. So, I mean, you got to push mm-hmm. him. Much in the same way that Chris Evans, back when he became Captain America, people were like, him? The, the guy from Not Another Teen Movie? I mean, come on. But, you know, when, when he got the role, they started, whoever his agent was, really started pushing him in a very good light. So, got to do the same for Mackie at this point. I'm kind of curious to see what the, what the final thing is going to be, because you're, you're saying, like, well, he is Captain America now. Now, remember the comic books, there were two people who specifically ended up being Captain America, and that was not just Falcon, but also uh, the Winter Soldier. So, right. it's a, so even though the shield was given to, uh, to, the, to Falcon at the end of that, who knows? Maybe they'll do a plot twist, and the, the new so, uh, Captain America might end up being Bucky. It's very possible. Uh, we already know there's going to be a U.S. agent on the show. And, oh, that's uh, right. And apparently, I guess the government's going to try to usurp the name and the shield and everything and put it under someone that they can control, whereas Mackie was obviously a bit of a renegade. Um, I don't know if it's going to come to the point where there's going to be a Winter Soldier usage of the shield. I'm sure there will be. I do know Baron Zemo is going to be in the series as well. So I think maybe Bucky's going to be more concerned about him than anything else. And again, there's so much we don't know that we should know by now because the show should be getting close to being premiered. But obviously, with things as they are, it's a hurry up and wait sort of situation, you know. Well, well, even before all the stuff that happened within the world, I, I think Disney Plus has been really slow in terms of trying to release new content. But it, this is the interesting thing. I hate to say it, like when you were talking about all this stuff with like moving stuff to streaming and stuff, I was like. No, I, I I can't see it. But now you were you were absolutely right, and I think this might even work in favor of Disney Plus because now it seems like all this content that was going to be released in theaters might just go straight to Disney Plus. Uh, 
There's talk of Milan going straight to Disney Plus, and there's talk of Black Widow going straight to Disney Plus. I mean, it's possible. Lord knows if these things happen, they're not going to get the money back that they were hoping for. That's of the problem. But um, uh, I think there's probably going to still be a commitment to putting these things out in theaters. Um, basically, there's the big story right now about what happened between Universal and Trolls World Tour. Now, obviously, for those of you who don't know, Trolls World Tour is the sequel to the semi-hit troll starring uh, Anna Kendrick and uh, Justin Timberlake uh, because it's that popular of a brand, I guess. They even have uh-huh. a television show on Netflix. But unfortunately, because of the way things are now, Universal went ahead and proclaimed that Trolls World Tour was going to be go ahead and put on streaming same day as it's to be released in theaters, which I think the date was April 17th. Now, mind you, Universal's already gone ahead and put a lot of the other stuff that was in theaters, like uh, Invisible Man, um, The Hunt, uh, Emma. They've already put those movies on streaming. So those are movies that were in theaters, but since the theaters are closed, you can still go ahead and watch them now. I've actually done reviews about them. I would definitely suggest Emma and The Hunt. But that being said, for them to go ahead and say that uh, Trolls, which is a brand new movie, that's going to be in theaters and streaming same day when they know the theaters may not be open. The theater chains, they are pissed. They are so pissed at universal because they know that universal is pretty much just doing for themselves. Meanwhile, the concessions and the, the theater owners, the, that whole market where the, the theaters and the actual distributors are supposed to be like together in all this, they're supposed to be like bonded. Universal's off doing their own thing. So the theater chains are like, they've actually put out a press release about the whole thing, and they said, we will not forget this. Okay. As if to say, the next time Universal has like a big blockbuster movie coming out, they are going to get shafted, possibly, by the theaters. Possibly. So possibly. But this is what they're alluding to. So much so that Universal movies in theaters may not be able to net as much money as they used to anymore because they may not get as many screenings, because they may not get the premier theaters like IMAX or 3D or any of that other stuff, and they may not be even be able to show them as many times, regardless of how much money it may bring in. Theater chains may go ahead and give them the low stack of viewings in charge of other people like Disney, like Paramount, like Warner Brothers, who are going ahead and being like, oh, we're still committed to the theaters. We're still going to go ahead and put things in theaters. Don't don't count us out. Uh, you saw that just now, uh, I think just this past week, you saw Wonder Woman 84. They have gone ahead and they've moved their date. They're still sticking with the summer, but they're going to August, which is fine. By then, everything should pretty much cool down. But they also, they made the release that we are still committed to our partners in the theater chains. I'm like, you are really just digging the dagger into Universal at that point by even having that released. The thing is, uh, Universal, which is owned by NBC, which is owned by Comcast, they're what you would call a crap company. Um, Wait, 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 wait. A crap company? Yes. Uh, 
I mean, Comcast does well, but that's because they're a, a cable chain. They're the biggest cable chain out there, so they bring in a lot of money. Uh, I never worked for NBC Universal, but I've had people who have, people I know who have, and uh, none of them, none of them have had a good thing to say about them. And mostly it's just talking about total mismanagement and not knowing how to do things right. And even though, again, I'm an outsider looking in, uh, I can see that even from every other move they make. Look at all these other people who are doing these streaming services, and they're doing it pretty well. CBS Access. Uh, Obviously, ABC is with Disney, so everything they do is pretty damn good. And then you look at whatever NBC is trying to do, uh, and Peacock. That 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 was their big uh, attempt to get into streaming. Peacock. Even the name is so awful. Like, well, what, what don't you like about peacocks? <laughs> just, it's just nothing wrong with the peacock. I mean, peacocks are beautiful things. Oh yes, I, I'm. I'm sure a lot of people love the peacock, uh, but, uh, <laughs> but again, it's like look. There's nothing good about that company. Even when I I try to think of all the good things they've done over the years, the the fact is, even in uh, NBC for television, is the uh, the lowest the lowest rated of all the uh, major broadcast channels. It it. It just doesn't feel like anything that company ever does is good. Uh, oh, you remember Dark Universe where they're trying to restart their monster movies and every one of them failed? Seriously, does Universal do anything right these days? Ah, uh, that's <laughs> you can't even think of anything. That's that's the cool. only the only thing that comes to mind would be the Jurassic Park series. I mean, Jurassic World. I mean, regardless of what you thought about Fallen Kingdom. It's still probably the strongest franchise they got. Yeah, but you know, Fallen Kingdom kind of fell. It uh, so it, ha- it that might not have money. Much it just didn't make as much money as they wanted. Right, and it might not. It might that might be a franchise that's just going to continue to go down from there, just like the original uh, Jurassic Park series did. Well, I mean, they do have a third movie coming out, and they're bringing back everybody. You know, so I don't know what that's necessarily going to mean. Uh, they're supposed to be getting Laura Dern. They're supposed to be getting Sam Neill. Obviously, you know. So Sam Neill needs another paycheck, eh? Yeah, and there's still going to be Chris Pratt, and there's still going to be um, what's her face that runs in heels. And um, I don't know what kids they're going to have in this one, but I'm sure there'll be some kids. Got to put those I'm, kids in danger. Look, until we get to the point that I get Dino Riders, I don't care myself. <laughs> all right, I, I, they've already been genetically modifying dinosaurs until i get a dude riding a dinosaur with a goddamn missile launcher i don't care give me my freaking dino riders all right <laughs> give me my dino riders I want my dino riders. <laughs> give me my um, dino rider i want my dino rider there, there <laughs> could actually be a song there god i gotta stop <laughs> but uh yeah, but yeah, so as far as the theaters are going, I mean, yeah, it's it's just tough time for all entertainment. I mean, yeah, theater sales are closed. Uh, drive-ins are doing well, supposedly, because I guess social distancing. But even then, we can't even talk about that because there's barely a drive-in theater anywhere in the area here in Jersey. Yeah, well, yeah, we're all, we're in New Jersey. We're in the containment area. 
we're we're in the heavy containment area. I've seen maps, and it's like a lot of red spots everywhere, and ours is like black. So yeah. I don't know what that necessarily means for us. Again, I'm not going to get into coronavirus, but like uh, right now, our our governor has pretty much said like no one is allowed to go out unless uh, absolutely necessary. And now Donald Trump is talking about like he's going to just lock us all in. We're not going to be able to leave uh, the tri-state area for a while. But again, I don't really want to get into that. That is something you can look up on Google. Yes, we're we're here to talk about fun stuff about how yes. there's you know no movies. <laughs> and WrestleMania is fucked, and uh, I I don't even know what uh, you've been doing as far as like entertainment's concerned for yourself. Well, you know, you're you're saying that uh, the entertainment industry is kind of screwed. Well, obviously they can't make new stuff right now, but I think streaming is very obviously doing better than ever. You have all these people home, and they just they're doing nothing but watching this stuff. I oh yeah. No, I was gonna say I have not gotten bored at all. I've I've had plenty of watch. I ha- I wish I had more time to watch it because I'm actually I'm doing remote work, so I can't actually sit down and watch all the things I really want to watch. Yeah, I mean, definitely, um, anime has helped. I'll say that because that's at least been uh, a consistent program that I've been able to watch. Uh, the uh, winter of 2020 just ended. The the, the genre of, of anime that's been a consistent program to watch. Programming. Yes. Programming. I thought you said program. It's like anime, the show. They might as well make anime the show at this point. I mean, make it a reality series, you know, see who can draw the... <laughs> no, they tried that. That's, the fastest, no, no, no. I th- they've tried that. That's that's not a good idea. Well, they tried the, the cosplay one. That was awful. There, uh, there was a cosplay one? Yes, uh, which I think Sci-Fi Ch- Channel hosted years ago. Well, I know Sci-Fi did Who Wants to Be a Superhero with Stan Lee. I didn't know no, that no, it was this, like this is a different one. It was sort of like that, except it was Who Wanted to Be like a Cosplay Star or something like that. It, I, I never watched well, it, but I've heard of it. Of like, who do you it, get it, support? It's, it's best we ask no questions on this. <laughs> Put it out of your minds. Uh, but, no, referring to what you said, yeah, it was reported that the the streaming networks have all seen an upkick in activity and sponsorship and subscriptions. So it's one of those things where, like I said, streaming, at least for now, is the end-all, be-all, because that's really the best way you're going to get anything going on, uh, especially with the, the news channels, the major networks. As much as they probably have their content programming, they've also got all the news reports about all the virus stuff, and maybe you just don't want to see that, so you go to a a place that's just television, that's just movies and no news. You know, pure escapism for you and the family, or maybe just you and screw the family. It depends on how you think. (laughs) Yeah, I've, uh, again, I I feel like I'm abnormal to everyone else, uh, but... Yeah, I, I work in the news industry, and uh, I've been home for two weeks working remotely. And honestly, unless I'm working, I do not put the news on. I don't need to watch that right now. I rather just kind of lose myself in like uh, episodes of Star Trek or some sort of cartoon or something like that. Oh, what you mean, like Picard, like the new one, or uh, no, 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 right, right. Now, well, you know what? I will suggest for anyone probably to watch Picard, but I have not watched it yet. I am attempting right now to watch every episode of the Next Generation and the wow. uh, four Next Generation movies before I move on to Picard. Wow! So you were just doing the complete backlog before you get to the new stuff. 
Yes, because I used to watch uh, The Next Generation as a kid, but I only really saw like the last season of it. So I don't really, I, I don't know too much about the Borg and all that stuff. So I was like, yeah, I'm going to try to go through this. Uh, Netflix has well, the entire uh, ser- uh, series right now. So why not? Well, wait, hold on. So you're only going for Next Generation and The Next Generation movies. Yes. But what about Star Trek Voyager in regards to Seven of Nine? Oh, that's well, she only had one episode, correct? No, she's been consistent throughout the series of Picard. All right, well, I'm, I'm just barely getting through the next generation right now. Not saying the show is bad, but uh, 24 episodes a season, hour-long episodes, and seven seasons. That's already a challenge right now. It, I'm, it's a slog, yes, especially when... Uh, it was one of those shows. Uh, basically, it was a syndicated show, wasn't it? It wasn't yes. really on any particular network. Yeah, for, for us in the New York, New Jersey area, it was on WPIX, which is like the fifth broadcast channel in this area. And that was it's, their biggest show in the, the late 80s, early 90s. Yeah, before we ended up with the, the CW, we were getting all the syndicated stuff on there and Channel 9. Yes. Which was uh, WWOR, I believe. Uh, yes. I actually loved those channels before freaking... Uh, what, who came in and took those? I think it was a mixture of Fox and Warner Brothers. That Warner Brothers took Channel 11 because that's when you got the WB with Michigan J. Frog and all the promos. You know, welcome to the WB. <laughs> you know, that, that bullshit yes. that apparently was still like racist even then. Um, and then I think on Channel 9, it was UPN that yes. first came onto the scene, which was, uh, I guess, United Paramount Network. I think it had something to do with Paramount. Possibly. I never actually knew the uh, the letters for UPN. I uh, I just knew it was a network. <laughs> but at one point, I do know, like, CW was the combination of those two, UPN and WB Merge. That's what the CW is. Exactly. Uh, and then in our area, I don't know if this happened for everyone else, Fox came out with this thing called My Whatever. In our area, it's My Nine. And that's what kind of took over programming over there. Yeah, but my nine doesn't really have anything like serialized or anything like that. At best, it has like cop shows and talk shows. They don't even have news. They they yeah. replace their news with a magazine. See, this is why you need to go to streaming because even television doesn't know what the fuck it's doing nowadays, no. man. No, it doesn't. It, it, you know what? Yeah, if Netflix just had their regular newscast that they upload at like 6 p.m. at night, I'll be fine with that. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I could imagine what it was like, you know, if we still had like the WB and if we still had uh, UPN, you know, we still had like episodes of Buffy and Angel and we still had the Wayans Brothers and we still had Kids WB on Saturdays, you know, we still got the Animaniacs, but now right. everything's going to the other streaming channels. And, and well, that's, that's just the world we live in. It's, it's not really better or worse. It's just kind of different, but. But you know, I'm I'm liking the streaming. Uh, I actually like I uh, like I said I I've been home for now two weeks. I, actually, I hurt my back, so I've I've been they have been allowing me to remote work from home. But I ended up for the first few days watching a show called Star versus the Forces of Evil, which is an old cartoon from Disney. Go I, get a little weird. Go get a yes. little fly. I'm not from around here. I'm from another. Uh, that song sticks in your head like an earworm. I swear. Yeah, not just that song, but the the season one opener is uh, is freaking amazing. I, even if I don't feel like watching the show, I'll put on the intro just to watch like the the smooth animation of that. 
Uh, I actually, I was kind of embarrassed watching that first. I, I mean, I'm like a 34 year old man and I'm watching this <laughs> uh, cartoon about a 14 year old girl. And I'm like, why do I like this so much? And then I looked up the creator of the show. And it's a 34 year old woman who was a fan of Dragon Ball Z and Sailor Moon when she was a kid. And I'm like, oh, she's my generation watching the same thing. That's why I like creating the same thing. Yes. But yeah, I mean, you see a lot of those kinds of shows now, though. That's the thing. It's like between uh, Steven Universe, Star of the Forces of Evil, Gravity Falls, um, there's just a lot of shows that kind of have like that same kind of feel to them. That uh, even Adventure Time, to a lesser extent, because I think their just overall feel was a little darker. But you have a lot of these animated shows that's kind of like it's made by our generation for the next generation, but it's kind of incorporating all the things that we really enjoyed. And I think that's where you bridge the gap before then television cartoons were simply made to sell toys. Now it's just about the storytelling, which is amazing in many respects that there's something that, you know, the kids will just be able to look at all the flashing colors and lights and be like, yay, this is great. And then as they get older, they can still appreciate the show rather than say, oh, that's kid stuff. Well, I think for the network, it's still all about making the toys. But uh, I, I like the, the fact that these creators have been smart enough that they have been able to sneak in this better storytelling. Uh, specifically, the shows that you mentioned, may, maybe not so much Gravity Falls, because I feel like Gravity Falls had a, uh, a vision right from the beginning. But specifically, uh, Star, Steven, and... Uh, and Adventure Time, they all had sort of this non-sequential uh, uh, storytelling. And then, like, they start sneaking in all this plot that, like, you had to keep following it because there was a bigger story in the background. And I, th- I, think, that's what, I think that's what's making people go back to these shows the most. And I, and I think it, it's just weird. It's like, it feels like that was not the direction they were trying to go with these shows, but it just, it just went that direction and it worked. Well, I think if any, if any time you're doing like an animated series, I think, yeah, the first season just has to be like an eclectic amount of episodes before you actually get into anything linear. This way you introduce all the characters, you introduce the mentalities behind them, you give a little bit of the backstory, but not too much. And then once this first season is over, then you can go ahead and be like, there's a bigger picture here, you know, and like, at least you give them the first season to get the investment in. Mm-hmm. Uh, you see it a lot with anime and I think that's also been bleeding over to Americanized animation and, and uh, speaking of anime real quick and I know this episode this is like an old school episode we're just going all over the place with uh, our topics but uh, I ended up uh, among my binge watching during this time uh, at stuck at home I finally caught the anime inspector uh, did you watch that by any chance Yes. Oh, I love it. I love it. You love that show. Yes. I am lukewarm on it. I just finished it last night. I, I, I admit, I'm saying I'm a show I'm lukewarm on, and I binged it all the way till 1 o'clock in the morning. But uh, I, I don't know. It's just it, something about it doesn't feel right. Like It feels like a really, really good plot, but not the best executed. Well, because it's a lot more methodical. It's not like you know, other supernatural animes where it's kind of like you got a monster of the week and you have to go ahead and defeat it and then there's like whatever love triangles going on this is it's a lot more exposition well for the except for like maybe the first couple of episodes this is all about one particular case this is a mystery this is pretty much just trying to solve who is responsible for this particular specter and how to defeat them 
mm-hmm. and it's it's methodic like that you know i, I but maybe too methodical. It's it like when when you get animation. My opinion on animation is you really got to drag people in through the visuals and the movements and stuff. And very obviously, what I'm seeing with a lot of these animes because it looks like these companies are pumping out as much content as they can. They they don't always put their best effort into a lot of these animations. And with this show, a lot of it is just dialogue. So there's not a lot going on in animation other than. Uh, the main character talking a lot, and then maybe some visuals here and there in the background. Well, that's the difference between like animation here and animation over there. As far as anime is concerned, anime is as you know realistic as say live action shows. So you have a lot of the, all the kind of subgenres that you have for like regular television, whether it be a medical drama or a police drama or a sitcom or um, a dramedy or some sort of horror, like, you know, American Horror Story and stuff like that. You just do all that, but with ink and paint. So I can see them doing things where there's a lot more monologue, a lot more exposition, a lot more talking rather than action, because they see anime as any other's form of videography. It's just how it is for them. You, you see certain movies, you see certain television shows where it's, very slow, very nuanced, you know, romantic dramas, uh, romantic comedies. You see all that sort of stuff, and the visuals aren't necessarily always there, except maybe once or twice, but a lot of it's just been more the interpersonal communication. So from an acting standpoint, I can appreciate that you're giving something where you really need good actors to relay the feelings and thoughts that these characters are doing, because Lord knows there's not a lot of action in them. But I don't know. I I have to go with my gut on this. Again, it's it, it's there's a lot of things I like about it, but the actual execution. I mean, I just I f- feel like something was missing. Like even for something that is more uh, verbiage than visual, I feel it could have been somehow been done better. But that's my opinion. Well, I mean, quality of it uh, being better or worse. I mean, that's always going to be subjective. I personally really enjoy Inspector. I really want to see how this thing ends up. I really want to see if this is going to be like an ongoing thing, if they have a season two or if season two is going to be drastically different. Obviously, it may be a whole different case. And I think to see who of these main characters that we're looking at actually stick around for that or if they're just gone when the case is gone. I really want to see a season two of this because it's one of those few shows that I feel like I can get in depth with intellectually rather than just, <laughs> you know, a show being all fan servicey and goofy like well, other animes can be. Even from an intellectual standpoint, I don't think it was overly clever. Like I, like I saw how she resolved the, the issue and I won't give any spoilers. No spoilers. Yeah. No but, spoilers. but I don't think what she did was overly clever. It, like, it worked because, hey, that's that was how the plot was going to go. Like, whatever she did was going to work. But I'm like, eh, it's kind of weak. That, but, that again, that was my opinion of it. Well, you also think this is, like, what, a 13- or 16-year-old girl? I, I'm, I, forget, 19. I can't help. Is she 19? She's 19. Oh, fuck. It's... Anime. <laughs> yeah. It's, when, when you're as old as you don't look... <laughs> But, well, in fairness, the show goes from her being 11 to 19. Like the first two episodes, she's 17, and then there's a two-year jump. 
and then right. she's 19 by the end of that. Right, 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 right. Yeah, otherwise, so yeah. That explains the relationship between him and her, but... It'd be a little creepier, again, that's, that's, <laughs> otherwise. Like, that's, like, that's ever stopped anime before, all yeah, right? But... Look, look, for all their artistic endeavors, they got some creep in them, all yes. right? We know this. But the thing is, like, for as young of a girl as she is, still a teenager, let's just preface that, still a teenager, and to be able to come up with the uh, mental gymnastics that she does in order to get to these resolutions, there are 19-year-olds I know that can't even handle a bottle of beer, all right? So, I mean, more kudos to her for being, like, the god of wisdom as far as all things are concerned. Yeah, I don't think it's a spoiler because it's mentioned, like, right in the first episode. But, yeah, like, this, this is a girl who lost her eye and her leg. So you could say she's probably a little bit tough. Yeah. Well, I mean, she did that in order to have the uh, expanse of brain activity that she does. You know, well, no, physical from mental. I well, I think they even mentioned it's like she didn't really gain any powers out of this. She just agreed to something, and this was the price. But she didn't really gain anything other than a position out of it. There wasn't any additional powers she received. I don't know about that. I mean, they said that. Well, they, you know, I think they, they established in the first episode. Uh, right. Well, again, they gave her the title. But they didn't actually give her powers. And I think even she and even the the other character, the main character, I'm terrible at names, they mentioned both in the first episode that she really didn't gain any powers. She just became their consultant. Yeah, but still, that's a smart-ass consultant. I mean, put me in that situation, I don't know if I would have been able to come up with the resolution that she did. Well, she even said, like, they're, I guess she is pretty smart because she does say, like, they're pretty dumb in comparison to her. So that's... That's her logic. Right. It's kind of like a, a Tony Stark sort of thing. It's like before he puts on the Iron Man suit, he's still the smartest guy in the room, mm-hmm. regardless he's... of alcoholism. <laughs> I am Iron Man. So, all right. So moving away from anime real quick, let's, uh, let's talk a little bit about, uh, let's talk about video games. So two games came out recently in the middle of all this horror to keep us all entertained. <laughs> Uh, one of one of them has a little bit of horror in it. Uh, Doom Eternal and Animal Crossing. And the well, cool I thought thing, you Animal Crossing had the horror because you know, <laughs> walking, talking animals—it just creeps me out, man. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I was saying to you the other day, and I think there was a little bit of confusion because uh, I was I I was saying uh, people were getting deleted from community, and it sounded like I was trying to say like there's some discussion form somewhere that people are getting deleted from the Animal Crossing's uh, community. No, what I was trying to say is uh, apparently if you're playing the game, I've never played Animal Crossing. If, if you've played Animal Crossing, you can correct me on this. But from my understanding is you're building your own town and your own community with all these animals, some people. And uh, apparently, I guess there's a thing that if you want to get rid of someone from the community, you can. But in the game, because it's a video game and it's data, uh, I think it says, do you want to delete someone from your community? And for whatever reason, that made me laugh my ass off. Like, would, you like to, <laughs> would you like to delete this person? It's very morbid. Delete. Very, delete. Delete. No, 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 no. But wrestling aside. Um, yeah, I mean, Animal Crossing, I hate to say it, but it came out at the perfect time. Because you've got a lot of people that are going to be away from their 
families, from friends, from community. And instead, now they have a digital one that they can go ahead and immerse themselves into. So I can imagine a lot of people just sitting there on their switches, walking around their own house, but feeling like they're walking around outside. And it's almost genius to a fault because who knows what it's going to be like for how long it's going to stand up for because the people may be in for months. And uh, even then, once you've had enough time around Tom Nook, he's probably going to be a little annoying <laughs> after a while. I again, I've never played the game, so I don't understand it too well. Um, you, you probably need to explain it a little bit more to me. I, my assumption of it is it's some sort of uh, role playing game where you're building a community. It's almost like Sims, but with yeah, it's animals. Actually, it's like a very cute, fluffy Sims. That's probably the best way to put it. But uh, yeah, even though I haven't been playing it, I have been watching other people on social media talk about it. So it does, from what you're saying, it sounds like that's the case right now. All these people are just. Uh, connecting this game to connect to other people exactly whereas uh, on the other tip of what you said uh those of us who are probably uh enraged and angry <laughs> and which we could uh knock out viruses ourselves you got Doom eternal yes. where it's just blood and guts enjoyment for all, the whole family I admittedly have not played this game. Uh, I haven't played any game really in a very long time. I, I should try and change that one day. But I've been watching some people play it online, and it, it, is, it looks as good as the 2016 version. If not better, yeah. It, yeah. it really looks like they've upped everything in regards to it, even if it's the storyline and the, the war is kind of like it drags it all down to a crawl, but then you just jump right back into it. Well, what I love about the lore of this game is the fact that the main character does not really uh, bow down to the lore. So you'll have other characters around him talk about lore, and he's just sort of like, fuck it, kill things now. Yeah, it's kind of like a Master Chief sort of thing, where it's just like a dude in a green suit that kills people. That, yes. That's all you got to worry about. There, like, there's, a, there's, a, there's a greatness to the simplicity of regardless of all the different functions you have to do, all the different guns you got to cycle out through, all the gymnastics that you got to do in the game, it's just a run and gun. And, uh, and yeah, that's, I don't know. Maybe that's my, the only reason I haven't really gotten to it. It's like, I, I don't want to think right now. And for the most part, you just, you're running through people, but then there are the parts where like, shit, where do I go now? And it's just like, I don't know what I'm talking about anymore. See, I'm mentally, I'm burned out. No, I mean, there's, there's definitely an enjoyment to it. I would play it myself, but I'm cheap. So <laughs> oh, yeah, it I, is a 60 bucks. Yeah, so, I've, I mean, money being as tight as it is, I'll stick with my free games like Paladins and Brawlhalla and Fortnite. <laughs> so For $5, you work. can get Doom 64 for, uh, for Nintendo Switch. I saw that game out. I, yes, I, but I'd have to get a Nintendo Switch, which is even more Oh, money. that's true. Uh... <laughs> Well, that's the thing, though. I guess uh, Doom Eternal was not coming out on uh, Nintendo Switch, which is probably the reason why Animal Crossing was also released that day. But obviously, yeah. they wanted to catch on it somehow. So they're like, well, you can't play this one, but here's Doom 64 for you. Yeah, and much like the streaming industry, I can only imagine that gaming is going to go up at this point. Uh, I mean, there's definitely been uh, notifications about when we're going to get a PS5 or the new Xbox series. Uh, even if stuff has been kidnapped and held for ransom. But 
you know, at least gaming, I don't think is going to be suffering, even though gaming has been kind of sort of been on and off as regards as uh, popularity. But I think now more so than ever, if any gaming companies are smart, they might want to push up their dates and actually maybe release a couple of things now while you have the audience full at attention to go ahead and take it in rather than whatever later dates you may have when things get better and then they start venturing off into other things. Once the movie theaters open up, once uh, concert halls are able to be safe to go to, if you have a game, put it out either this month in April or next month in May, whatever it may be. Well, you know what the thing is, is uh, I'm not really on this, but a lot of people are still really into buying the physical game. So I think that's part of the release day is the fact that people won't be able to go out and buy the physical game. Though, if you want to buy the physical game, apparently GameStop is still trying to sell you stuff right now. Uh, or at least I mean, they were. I mean, they, they no, have... no, they're still trying to. I, I don't know if you saw this, but in Massachusetts, they're still open up there, even though they've been told to close. Their only policy now is you have to pay at the door. And apparently they're being told to like, put your hand into a plastic bag and that's, and then reach out the door to the customers to trade off the money and the game. It, it's Isn't crazy. That how a drug deal happens. I mean, it sounds fuck, like man? it. It's, <laughs> I, here's the thing with that company. It is on death store. It, the entire uh, video game retailer is on death store. And I think they're kind of seeing an uh, extended period of time being closed as a death sentence to them. So they're, they're forcing their employees to go in during this crisis to work, even though I'm sure that no one's really going out right now to buy physical copies of video games. I'm sure like if you really want a physical copy, you'll probably either go on Amazon or, or guess what? Uh, the manufacturers actually sell the games on their websites now, so you can get them to ship the physical game to you. All right, and, and again, worst case scenario, just download the game. Just buy the download copy. But I don't know. Game, I could see the desperation from GameStop, but it's it's ridiculous. It really is. Well, I mean, I don't know what to necessarily say about GameStop. I can't. I don't think I've actually bought a physical game from GameStop until since I think the beginning of last year when I picked up Kingdom Hearts three, and that was just because it was like the special collector's edition with like the the steel bookcase and everything, but. I don't know. Um, to me, it's it's different than like with movies. Like I'll still go out and get like physical media of movies, simply because you know, God forbid, if Netflix or Hulu ever crashed or slowed down or something, or it kept like rebuffering to the point where I couldn't watch something. At least I've got like maybe a physical copy of something that I can watch. With games, you don't necessarily have that luxury because not everything is backwards compatible. So buying games in general seems like a fruitless endeavor now that we have more of a streaming digital age where everything can be downloaded and saved onto a hard drive. So to buy an actual physical game, it's counterproductive in my mind. There, there are some benefits, I will admit. Um, I do know I screwed myself over a while back because I wanted to play Breath of the Wild, but I only had a Wii U at the time, so I bought the software copy of that. And then later on, when I was ready to get rid of the Wii U, I, I couldn't really sell that game because I didn't have a physical copy. That's forever on my Wii U account, which is not tradable anyplace else. So there, right, there's $60 on like, the drain. Well, that seems more like a Nintendo issue 
rather than the, the difference between like physical and digital oh that, that's any type of video game system i mean there's playstation 3 games i bought that uh, i'll never once i get rid of my playstation 3s i'm never going to be able to trade that game in any place else same thing with xbox xbox one and well i never bought an xbox but i'm sure it is like people are in the same situation that that's the difficulty of buying a downloaded game you're still paying the full price as you would be for the physical media, but once you're getting rid of the uh, the the hardware, you can't really get any money back on the software. Right. It would be different if there was a way you could just like upload it to a cloud, and then once you've actually like traded to a different system, if you can like download certain specs of it. So this way, if you wanted to play it, you'd have a, like a backup download to do with. And they always recommend. Back up all your data, put it on an external hard drive, do that sort of stuff so this way it's not all cluttered up on your console. And then this way, when you get to access it, if you want to access it, it's there separately. Which would be a very nice but thing, but uh, I don't think these video game companies ever do it because they make a lot of money off of it and the people are silly enough that they keep buying it. I myself, I, I just mentioned Breath of the Wild. I bought a Switch. I bought Breath of the Wild for it. I literally bought Breath of the Wild twice for two different video game systems. <laughs> That's $60 each. That was not a fun thing to do. Did you at least finish it? I did not. I have not finished any Zelda game in my entire life because I don't know. <laughs> I love Zelda. I just have a hard time. And Breath of the Wild was, uh, it's a fun game to play, but I'm, I'm already mentally taxed on a lot of things in my life. So when I, in my free time, I like to kind of relax a bit. And when it's like, well, you have to know to collect all this stuff and collect that stuff. And you have to be ready for this. Like this is, but you own the sword and the work. shield though. I mean, come on. I, yeah, I like Zelda. I'm, I'm literally wearing a, uh, a Zelda <laughs> Breath of the Wild Jersey right now. I like the games and I like the characters, but you know, it doesn't, it doesn't always make keep me, interested for long periods of time it's it's video games for me are a break and i don't get too many well you got a lot more break now than you would have so uh, surprisingly you know. i don't i'm actually i'm still working a lot I'm, I'm doing the podcast with you today i got uh i still work uh eight hour shifts even though it's from home so yeah i i'm still running around well that now just made me feel bad not well. No, no, I'm not trying to make you feel bad. I'm just, it. You know, it's it, everyone's a little different within this crisis. Uh, I gotta say, I, I've I've seen a lot of people who are going uh, stir crazy in their houses. I am not one of them. I am more than happy to stay home for the next six months. I am. I'm more than fine with that. I got my anime. I got my video games. I got my uh, internet. I'm happy. I'm sound as a pound. Yeah, this is one of those uh, the geek shall inherit the earth sort of scenarios, I feel. You know, all, all the people that are either otaku or otaku adjacent, they are just going to be able to stay inside and live life regardless of what's going to be going on. Whereas other people may not be able to handle the no. <laughs> inclusion and seclusion of being at home with all that media. Yeah, I, I was debating if I would mention any of uh, my friends and what I've I've seen them doing uh, during this period of time to keep them entertained. But I'm gonna I'm gonna be nice. But I, I've seen a few things where I'm like, do you, do you need a do you need help? 
<laughs> just just in a few cases. Uh, this doesn't have anything to do with the video I put out the other day where I just pretty much chug a bottle of wine while listening to Fozzie's Judas. No, no, it doesn't. Okay, <laughs> it it actually, it's 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 a funny story, but I don't really want to. I don't want to point out anything. No, 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 no. Obviously, we're not going to drop dime on anybody outside of the show. But, but Harry, you're actually more of an extrovert than I am. I'm I'm very obviously an introvert. Uh, how are you ha- holding up in your house? Um, well, I mean, I've been trying to do the videos as best I can, or at least trying to come up with concepts that will be a uh, long-term going. I've actually got a, a concept for a whole slew of videos that I'll probably be putting on in the past couple of days, um, in regards to international women's month, which is March. And unfortunately, uh, women have kind of gotten the bums rush on this with everyone not really being able to do anything. So charitable fundraising and all that has kind of gone out the window, but I'm at least going to do a whole bunch of videos about the women in my life and giving them a little bit of a showcase. Um, Obviously that's nice friends, family, that sort of thing. So that's going to keep me occupied as to which ones I want to talk about and which ones I want to be like, you know, fuck you. But (laughs) (laughs) um, it'll give me something to distract myself. Obviously there's things I could, I've been doing in regards to acting work or at least trying to get acting work. Uh, I've uh, gone ahead, started working on an audio reel. So this way I can do voiceover work, um, which by the way, did you get a chance to listen to that one or no? Uh, I listened to bits and pieces of it. Did you like any of the bits and pieces? Any particular voices that may have stood out? Uh, was there an Irish bartender in there at one point? Yeah, that's pretty much just me and my Irish accent. That, that one stood out. Maybe because I'm Irish and I can't do an accent, so... Well, when when you've watched uh, the Boondock Saints as many times as I have in my lifetime, you kind of got like a little bit of a pickup on that. There was a point, and I hate to say this considering St. Patrick's Day has already come and gone this year, but um, normally when I would go ahead and celebrate St. Patrick's Day, I would actually go up to New York City, dressed to the nines in whatever green outfit I could conceptualize at that time, whole bunch of green necklaces around my neck, kind of like how you saw when we went to um, the Shared Universe podcast, but even more so. Like I would almost have a whole slew of them around my neck and then like a bucket of green necklaces, like a little pot of gold, but it's a pot of green and I'd like throw them out to people and people would go ahead and like buy me drinks and stuff like that. And, you know, there was a little one with a little dial on it where it's like you spun it and you either took a chug of something or a shot or you did a jig. I got people dancing because of that stupid thing. (laughs) But the tip off was, especially if I went to a place and I didn't know anybody and they didn't know me, I would actually pull out the Irish accent and I'd give them a whole backstory as to me coming from Ireland. I just came to visit. Uh, my family's from this side of the world. My other family's from here. And, you know, the, the accent was genuine enough that they're like, oh, wow, dude, dude, this guy's from Ireland. He's actually from Ireland. Get him a beer, man. <laughs> In I'm fairness, like, most of them are drunk that day, but. Exactly. So it works. It works well. You know, if you're going to hear any kind of accent and have some believability, it might as well be an Irish one. And the problem was when I got myself a little bit too tipsy and then my Irish started turning into Scottish, Scottish. because they'd be getting yeah. a little angry. So I'd be going ahead and I'd be talking like this a little bit. And then all of a sudden I'd be talking like this. And it's like the transition is just like a little more gravelly. It's like, oh, God, what happened to him? It's like, I'm from another side of the world. You know, it's like, it's, it's not good at that point. There's such a subtle difference in that. Every time I've ever tried to do an Irish accent, it definitely sounds more Scottish than Irish. But but it is such a subtle difference. Like, you have to know it. 
Ah, it's just about how much you actually put in the throat. An Irish accent has like a light throat feel. So you can go ahead and think of it like as if we were talking about uh, going to the Liverpool and you go to some place like that and you have like that little bit of like uh, just a little bit of a fastness, but a little bit of a calmness to it. And you can go ahead and talk and talk and talk and there's no problem for it. But then once you put a little bit more in the throat, you get that Scottish, you get that Scrooge McDuck sort of, <laughs> just me killed sort of bagpipes feel. You know, it's just a little bit of the accent right there in the throat for you. Nice. I, <laughs> I'll, be, I'll be honest though. You're talking about how you, you go out during those things. I, I never, ever want to go to another New York City St. Patrick's Day parade if I can avoid it in my entire life. Really? Uh, I'm, I guess it's just my introvert nature. And it's just, I love Manhattan, but I don't like the people. And uh, during St. Patrick's Day, it's just way too many people out there. And it's, it's, just, it's too much for me. Uh, I left work that day, and I'm actually uh, – St. Patrick's Day – the parade, I forget, is it on 6th Ave or 5th Ave? 5th, 5th usually. So uh, I'm – right by uh, St. Patrick's Cathedral. So I don't know if I'm giving away where I, where I work or not, but I, I work uh, just around off of Park Ave, Lexington Avenue. And so I have to cross over that to get to the train station all the way on 34th and 7th. And it was near impossible to get through that thing. It's like you're going through waves and waves of drunk people who, by the way, most of them aren't even Irish. Like the majority of the people I ran into were we're not Irish. And it's just like, why are you even here? You're, you're just an excuse to get drunk. Right. No, I mean, that's fair. That's fair. Lord knows enough people go ahead and uh, they cop the nationality for the day just so they can go ahead and put on a shirt that says, kiss me, I'm Irish. Uh, I used to have a joke about this back when I did stand up about how I'd go ahead and see uh, uh, four Middle Eastern dudes in a bar and they were all having car bombs. And I'm just like, nope, nope, nope. I'm not doing this. I'm not doing this. Um, and it's one of those things where I, unfortunately, I, I can't fault people for wanting to go ahead and propagate the idea of like, hey, it's St. Patrick's Day. Let's celebrate. Because really, that's all the Irish have. Yeah. You know, I mean, corned beef and cabbage is bullshit. You know, we got kicked out by potato yeah. famine. At one time, the Irish were as persecuted as many other nationalities and races in this country. And, yeah, if we at least have, like, the one day where everyone wants to be Irish, I'm not going to hate on it. So, I mean, put on your green shirt or whatever, fine. But, you know, I would almost – the thing is, it's always funny to me because St. Patrick's Day in Ireland is nothing like St. Patrick's Day in America. St. Patrick's Day in America, we almost take a – an abusive relationship with the name and the nationality and everything. Whereas St. Patrick's day in Ireland, it's as calm as any other day. Just maybe a few more people have a few more pints and that's about it. I, I think most of the, uh, the tri-state cultures that came here in the, in that period of time, uh, both the Irish and the Italians, they are nothing like their counterparts in the actual countries of Italy and Ireland. Right. We, we, we kind of, we kind of changed once we came to America. Yeah, we really changed the the nomenclature of what that's going to be. Um, and really, I, I mean, fuck Italians, man. Oh, man. Uh, like, you can't help but have your heart felt out to them. But, you know, it's it's weird because you almost you, you want to feel the sympathy for Italy in itself with everything that's gone on. 
But here in the tri-state, when you think about Italians, all you think about is Jersey Shore motherfuckers and mobsters. And it's like, I want to feel, but like, this is the people I know. And it's like, I don't like them, but I care <laughs> about these poor people that are dying. But, but screw the shore people. And it's like all the bennies. And we're very conflicted here in this state. Yes. Uh, I'm, I'm like, I'm debating, do I want to put my two cents on this? And my gut is telling me no. <laughs> yeah, no, I'll take the brunt of it. That's fine. I don't care. But <laughs> again, this was back in the stand-up days where I had these thoughts and feelings and, you know, regardless of whether or not the, the past years have changed any of that, that's just the way it was back when it was prominent. Well, things have uh, changed a lot recently. Uh, I've, I've actually, like I said, I've been re- working, working at home remotely, so I've been luckily avoiding the city uh, successfully so far. But it, once I am kind of forced to go back, it'd be kind of curious to see how it looks right now. Because Manhattan is, for anyone who's never been to Manhattan, it is a weird beast. I, I start work at 4 o'clock in the morning. That means that I'm usually in the city by around 3.30, 3.45. And it's the roads are still like crazy even then. So to see it like dead, dead, it, it'd be the weirdest thing in the world to me. Like a little walking dead sort of thing where... Almost abandoned. Yeah. Only once in my entire life have I seen an empty New York City. And this is one hour after the New York City Thanksgiving Day parade when everyone's like, okay, we need to go home and eat now. That is the only time I've ever seen it dead. I can imagine that. I've never seen the city the day after St. Patrick's Day, so I can't imagine if it's any clearer. It's not. Uh, (laughs) I have seen it after St. Patrick's Day. Still drunks and people with hangovers rummaging around, just trying to find pizza. <laughs> well, that's every day, but a few less. Uh, but no, I, you're right. I mean, with everything going on, it's going to be one of those things where it's weird once you everyone tries to get back into it, and it's going to be uneasy. Actually, I just saw a report the other day. Um, air pollution has taken yeah, a start downturn because of nobody being active. I'm like, maybe this is something we should do you know just every so often just take like a a week off every two or three months and just try to downscale everything it just should well we we were trying to in fact it's coming up uh earth day which i believe is april 22nd that was supposed to be the like relax and give earth a break day but yeah who who thought that like just uh a few weeks of not doing anything would lower the amount of pollution and restore the ozone layer. That that's crazy. Well, I mean, if we keep doing what we're supposed to be doing, you know, I don't see that happening, but if we did it, Lord knows what could happen. I just hope the people on earth day will go ahead and just take like a little bit of a sideline be like, Oh, they'll get, take Greta Thunberg and just say, you know, put her on the sidelines and not be so hard up on the environment right now, because really there's nothing we can do about it. But I I said, I wasn't going to get political, but if I can say one thing, I think this is all kind of taught us is uh, yeah, we, we are, our economy is set up in a way that doesn't really sustain this very well. And I hope that maybe some lessons come out of this that might lead to some improvements down the line. Hey, they did prove that uh, like almost 60 to 70% of us can work from home. Yes, but they also said that those of us with depression are probably going to be way worse now than we were Uh, before. This is also (laughs) true. Yeah, it's an ebb and a flow sort of thing. I mean, I can only imagine the amounts of alcoholism that have probably 
uh, excelled on this. Um, I can only imagine people with their eating habits, probably the, people with eating habits, they've even gone one way or the other. Either they've taken this time and they've just been working up from home and they're going to come out of the house with a six pack <laughs> or they've just been sitting at home depressed and eating whatever is in the fridge and probably some things that aren't in the fridge and they're going to come out of this looking worse. Surprisingly, yeah, it's, I'm actually kind of in one of those camps. I haven't been exercising because, again, hurt myself. But uh, I've actually been eating healthier than I have in maybe years, just kind of staying home and reserving food. So it's, Did you buy enough toilet paper? That's the important thing. <laughs> uh, That's actually, key number one. Make sure you have enough toilet paper yes. for all the days that you will be stuck at home and pooping. <laughs> I don't know, man. You know, we've been making fun of all these people for a while, but who was truly wrong now? It's like, why are you buying all the toilet paper and now you're going out to buy and there are none? So I think those people won. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, there's workarounds. I mean, you paper towels, tissue papers. Yeah, I had one. I had one person say to me, why are you buying paper towels? Just uh, take a shower. I'm like, because no. <laughs> <laughs> Just no. Just no. <laughs> So why no. aren't you just taking a shower? Just use the shower. Like, uh, I'm not going to take a shower every time I, I need to use the bathroom. <laughs> well, certainly not for number two, no, no. But, I mean, number one, if you have to swing it. I mean, Lord knows kids do it at the beach bad enough. Uh, well, think, think about it. Last time you went to the beach or last time you went to a community pool, are you going to tell me that you felt secure going into the water knowing that probably little kids just went ahead and pissed in it because they didn't know any better? Probably because I keep that thought out of my head and that the ocean's a very big ocean. Uh, yeah, but the waves aren't that strong. Well, the other thing to think about, too, and I, I should probably stop making noise <laughs> on the microphone with my freaking uh, charger. I, I'm fiddling here. Uh, I, I do want to throw out, uh, I guess, a little bit of support towards uh, a shared universe because, yeah, they, they had that new site right on the boardwalk, and now the boardwalk is closed, so they can't use that site for the foreseeable future uh yeah, in, in fact i don't i don't know if they can actually record from their home studio right now they've uh, been primarily taping from zoom so oh, yeah there there are a lot of businesses i i'm i'm thankful of if one thing that i do have a full-time job that does pay me well and has some job security but yeah there are a lot of people out there right now that uh, that do need some support and i don't know what i'm advocating for right now because i have no one to advocate directly for but I just just throwing out my at least verbal support for those people. Just just saying, I mean, people that need support. I mean. Yes, and and uh, people such as Ryan too, who is a is an actor, please hire and uh, bartender well, I mean, and various other. Yeah, full, I'm full of gig economy, whether paycheck or not. So it's not been easy. Um, I'll just go out and say that this entire month has kind of been like a big F you up to me. And yeah, it's it's hard. So, I mean, the more I stay in, the better. So that's why I'm not spending money needlessly. But uh, if you would like to donate to at least the big O part of JT and Big O, <laughs> uh, you can find me on Venmo and Cash App at Ryan O-R-O-E. That is Ryan O-R-O-E. Donations can be any amount you want. <laughs> so, uh, before we go, I mean, I got to talk about all the stuff that I was watching uh, during this uh, this time stuck in the house. Uh, I forgot to ask you what you were watching. So, have you been catching anything new? 
Oh, I've watched so many things. Way, way too many things. So, um, I mean, aside from movies, because obviously I've got my expansive movie collection, which, hold on, let me, let me see if I can even show you. Uh, let's see. If I open this up, I open this up, and I spin it around. <laughs> wow, that's a lot. Plus the drawer. But yeah, uh, last I counted, I had at least about 600 titles. Um, whether or not that's accurate, because I did have a few Blu-ray editions. But yeah, I've got enough to work with as far as that's concerned. Um, television show-wise, uh, I mean, I watched uh, The New Castlevania, which I think we talked about the last time we actually had a physical episode. Uh, since then, uh, I did watch The Witcher, which it's fun. It definitely harkens back to a little uh, Hercules Xena era back then. Uh, I, I guess I'm looking forward to the second season. I just... It was only it was so few episodes I really didn't feel like the full investment. So it's one of those things where The Witcher it's like it's gonna come and go many like many Netflix properties. Uh, there was uh, Shrill on Hulu, which is uh, the second season came out. What's Shrill? Yeah. Shrill it's um, a dramedy uh, starring A.D. Bryant from SNL, and it's basically just about a. Um, a full-figured woman who's tired of being on uh, the short end of things and pretty much just standing up for herself. But it's done with enough uh, comic nuance that it's like, oh, I wish I could say the things that she does <laughs> to these people. And, you know, being a bigger person, it is something that I definitely can relate to in some circumstances. I may not be a bigger woman, but I am a bigger man. And definitely some of the things that affect her have also affected me in the past. So it's one of those things where I feel comfortable watching her and how she deals with everything. Uh, I would definitely recommend it, uh, especially if you're someone that uh, likes the kind of comedy that you get with uh, an SNL cast member every so often, but it's not SNL, you know, very particular. It's, it's produced by Lauren Michaels, but it's, it's not as super crazy or campy like a Wayne's World would be. You know, it's definitely a little bit more down to earth. So I definitely recommend it. Um, I caught up on the second season of uh, Future Man on Hulu. So that's why the third season is coming soon. I think sometime next month. So I'll definitely be looking for that. And we've discussed Future Man in the past. I don't know. Yeah, I, I still have not watched it. I, I know of it and it's on my radar. It's just, it's one of those shows. I'm, I'm weird. I, it, I have to, even if it's something I know I'm going to like, I have to be in the mood to see it. And that, that, when the mood strikes me is at the weirdest of times. Oh, but I mean, yeah, I, I get that. I get that. But future man is just, Oh, it's so weird. And now that's guy to have Seth Rogen for the third season. Really? Oh my God. I want to, well, I mean, he produces it as it is, but to actually have him as a regular cast member, as opposed to like the, you know, you know, just being like a, a guest star. It, it's really something that's going to be, I, I'm just going to enjoy because now they're just going to be like shifting all through time. It's going to be ridiculous. Um, uh, as far as anime is concerned, I mean, winter of 2020 was really a help because there was uh, quite a few good ones that I was able to watch before anything mainstream came back. Cause I know we're getting another season of food wars. I know we're getting another season of re zero, but for all I know that stuff is like backtracked. Um, 
So as hey, far do you as like enemies, ReZero? Because I've heard of ReZero, but I was, I've been on the fence about whether that shows for me. What's, what's your thoughts of it? I mean, I'm Camp Rem as far as ReZero is concerned. I, think, I definitely think you should have chosen her. But outside of that, it's, it's probably one of the better isekais out there. Only because we, we probably all figure that, you know, there's that fantasy of wanting to go into another world and all that. But let's face it, we'd all probably be like him and fuck up enough times where we die quickly. So to get like the constant redos, uh, I really find is enjoyable because it's kind of like any other time travel sort of story in that sense where all right, you do what you can to get up to this one point and now you've learned what not to do. So now you fix it and you go back and forth. And I think that aspect of the show is a lot more enjoyable than the whole isekai point. So I'd say if you're a fan of time travel and if you're a fan of like, you know, fixing the past, learning your mistakes, that sort of thing, uh, becoming a better person by learning what not to do and what to do, watch it for that reason. Don't watch it just because it's an isekai. I, I don't think uh, you should ever use the Itsukai reason, considering how many Itsukais are out there right now. Yeah, but you'd be surprised how many good ones there actually are in comparison to like the slew of ones that have come out. I saw one that was uh, out last year, but I just finally caught up on it now, called uh, Cautious Hero. Oh, God, that one. Uh, yeah, that was funny. I, I have to admit that was funny. I... I I had a friend who made me watch the first few episodes. I don't, it's not really my type of show, but it is kind of hilarious. I, I will admit that it's, it's weird. That's maybe that's, that's the way weird. I'll put it. It's weird. But Oh my God. Like the whole training montage when he's with like that one burly hero and like, <laughs> he starts like, no, I'm giving up on heroing. I'm going to make cakes from now on. No, I don't want to train you anymore. Right, since we're spoiling this anyway, the, the, basically the show is about a like it's an ET guy where there's a there's a goddess and she needs to find a hero to save this world she's been put in charge of, and she finds this like person that is just overly cautious, not like a nerd doesn't want to fight anyone. He's just like he over prepares for everything, and it's just it it's insane. Well, the point is like he's powerful enough. That's why she's chosen him. He's like overpowered as is, but then he's taking like special precautions to make sure that, you know, there was apparently no failure whatsoever. So, I mean, he could go ahead and kill somebody with one blow and then he'll do the blow again and then do the blow again and then do the blow again just to make sure that the person is dead. So you have like big explosion after big explosion after big explosion on one person that probably didn't even require it. So they could regenerate. Fire, fire, fire. Fire, explode. Kill the town, but kill this one thing for sure. It's like you destroyed our church. Yes, but the monster shall not return. <laughs> uh, now he, then he collects the ashes and then burns the ashes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I gotta stop. I don't know. I'll, probably, uh, I'll probably get back to it at some point, but it, yeah, it, it definitely, it does have its humor and the part you were mentioning with the the god he was training with i won't get too far into it but it is kind of funny where he's like oh he wants to train with a god hey eh? let's see what he's made of and by the end of it he's just like never mind i don't want any more of this myself and the funny thing about anime in that sense 
there are also some animes that you actually learn things from, kind of like a Dr. Stone sort of thing, where, uh, like, you'd watch the episodes and you'd like the story and you'd actually learn some science facts about it. There's one that just came out for winter 2020 called Join the Pack Seton Academy. Mm-hmm. And it's basically about these two humans that go to this school that is populated by animals. Uh, anthropomorphic, but animals. So the guy, he hates animals. He doesn't even know why he's going to that school. And yet there's this um, one little wolf cub that goes ahead and wants to be like a big wolf boss, like an alpha. So mm-hmm. she starts making her own pack of people, but because she's so low and she's the only wolf in the school, no one wants to join her pack. So she ends up joining uh, with the two humans and they start a cooking club and then they get a koala and a sloth and a cat and a panda. And mind you, the thing about the way these animals look, all the male animals pretty much just look like anthropomorphic animals. Like they're pretty much just walking on hind legs and they've got like regular hands, but it's all animal, beastly fur, whatever. All the females pretty much just look like, you know, anime tropey girls where it's just like they look like a regular female, but they have of like bunny ears or cat ears or it's weird that they went with that angle, but I, I can understand why they did. But you learn things about animals that I didn't even know about. Like, I learned that female hyenas technically have a penis. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's not like functional. The more you know. Do, 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 do. Yes. <laughs> and you, you learn about uh, koala eating habits, how they like to eat their mom's poop. And uh, you learn... Uh, panda secrets that you know obviously they uh they don't eat well and are pretty dumb and sloths pretty much die every time they fall asleep or their heart moves too fast and they actually have that running joke it's like she'll stand up she'll say something and then she'll just like fall down dead and be like oh she's dead and actually like write it out what's the name of the show again it's called join the pack seton academy so like seton hall s-e-t-o-n all right. Uh, so I should point out there was another show just like that one that came out recently on Netflix uh, called Beastars. Yes, yes. I've heard about it. Well, that, that's not so much like that. And it's more like Zootopia. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Very serious Zootopia, I should say. I, I actually did watch it. I thought it was a really, really good show. It's, uh, but you have to kind of be aware of what it is when you go in so you know where not to watch it. I, I actually I was watching it at uh, it came out before uh, everything started getting shut down. So I was still physically in the city on a weekend where like nothing's going on. So I could throw something up on in the background while I'm working. So I threw this on and uh, yeah, don't do that. <laughs> the the Why, show might have some not suitable for work parts. Yes. Yes, there is. <laughs> now uh, here's the thing. Did you watch the original Japanese version with that audio or did you watch the, uh, uh, American voiceover dub. I cannot remember. I think I may have actually put on the English dub just because uh, I couldn't really pay attention to the subtitles as I was working. So Right, but I think auditorily, English dubs aren't as notorious as, say, uh, the original Japanese voice cast may be. Because I think even just in certain talking, the sound of the voice or whatever sounds they make are suspect in some cases. Even if it's normal back and forth um, dialogue, sometimes it just sounds bad. 
Yeah, it it does. Uh, I don't know. I won't get into the debate right now, uh, subs versus dubs. But some depending oh, on episode. yeah, depending on the anime, like one does work better than the other. And uh, this was one of the few cases where I actually did I didn't mind the English dub too much. The show itself is really cool. It's it's kind of uh, they're using animals in a way to talk about sort of uh, sexism and racism. And it works out in a way very, very well. Like uh, the, it's basically a society is split between all these different animals and each of them have their own characteristics. But the biggest cut is some are herbivores and some are carnivores. And because you're in a world where all animals think like humans, like where do carnivores get their meat? So that, and that's one of the big parts of this, as well as like uh, animals and how, some are more powerful than others. Some of them are capable of doing things that others can't. And it it makes for a really, really good anime. It, it feels like the rated R version of Zootopia. It really does. Yeah, it's definitely in my queue. I haven't gotten to it yet. But, I mean, from what I hear, it's one of the better ones that's come out of this uh, the past year so far. Yes. So, I mean... Obviously, between Verve and Hulu and Netflix and Amazon, like there's enough outlets where you can find something that you like. It's just a matter of your own personal taste. Me, I like weird shit, you know. So <laughs> I'm not. I'm me. Me and Dan Avidan, we're not furries, but I can appreciate uh, anthropomorphic animals ever since I watched Robin Hood back in my youth. So I'll go with that. Yeah, that's the safest way to put it. <laughs> well ladies and gentlemen we're coming towards that time again to uh to end things uh, another great episode the jt and big o podcast i don't know what i'm saying like great things like i'm uh donald trump it's it's the best it's the greatest it's ever we should sell 10 of them uh but uh we are going to be continuing to do shows going forward we will be doing in this format for the time being because you know safety first and uh I don't know what else to say other than I, I thank you all, ladies and gentlemen, for joining us, and I hope you continue listening to us and watching us going forward. Uh, well, as ladies usual, and gentlemen, don't forget yeah. it is still March, so it's International Women's Month. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. There you go. Uh, except we don't go to children because YouTube said no, no on that, and I don't want to break any laws. Thank um, you, Kappa. Thank you, Kappa. <laughs> there, there should be laws, but maybe we'll save that for another episode. Uh, again, I am uh, Video Geek JT. Uh, you can find me on VideoGeekJT.com. Uh, and I'm also, I'll throw out my other social media here while I'm at it. Uh, VidGeekJT on Twitch, or on uh, not Twitch, uh, Twitter. And uh, VideoGeekJT on Instagram. I got to fix those at some point. What, do it like me where it's like the same thing either way? Yeah, I, I wanted to be Video Geek JT on Instagram. Uh, on uh, Twitter, but uh, I couldn't get it. I think I actually did, and it was on an email address that I no longer have. So that's that's uh, in the ether forever. I'll f- I'll figure out how to fix it one day. All right. Well, in the meantime, to find me on everything, you can go to Real Ordeal uh, on Twitter or Instagram. That's R E E L, and uh, of course, you can always find Real Ordeal Entertainment on Facebook. Um, same place you would also find the gt big o page which of course like subscribe listen do all the things that you're supposed to do to all that and 
again, like I had said, uh, definitely look for the next couple of days as we try to finish off International Women's Month with the most female star-studded uh, branch of videos that I've done since. Uh, I promise everything will be tasteful. <laughs> he promises, ladies and gentlemen. Yes. And, and I should also point out, uh, we do have a Facebook page. Uh, follow us on uh, JT and Big O on Facebook. Uh, we're also, of course, on Podbean, Spotify, YouTube. Um, we are on Twitter, but I don't follow the account. But if, uh, if you guys want have any suggestions for things that we should put in the show or any comments, uh, feel free to put them on our Facebook page, that which we track regularly. Or on uh, I'll be checking the hashtag JTBigO on Twitter. So if you have any comments, feel free to put, uh, put them with that hashtag. Uh, with that, ladies and gentlemen, I thank you again for joining us for another episode of the JT and Big O podcast. We'll return again next week. Till then, I hope you all do well. I wish you all the best in health, and I hope you all stay safe. Uh, bye-bye. For the love of God, don't go out unless you have to. Please. Seriously, though, don't. Don't. Yeah.